I was reading through the book of Proverbs, and uh, I, I don't read the Bible to get sermons. I just read the Bible and let God load, load my pistol <laughs> for you Second Amendment people. Uh, let God load my pistol, and then wherever he wants to shoot, we'll shoot. So, but I do, as uh, I was reading through Proverbs, and this, something struck me that I wanted to share today. And uh, the first title I got was, uh, Your Mouth Affects Your City. Well, actually, the first one was, Your Mouth, Your City. And then I said, Your Mouth Affects Your City. And then I got into just seating your city. And then I started thinking about, uh, there's this uh, process, I don't know how successful it is, but where they take a, a plane and fly over, a, over clouds or through clouds and they seed the cloud so that the cloud will release uh, moisture. And as I was reading about it, I thought, oh, this is going to be good, you know. <laughs> And uh, the only problem was they didn't, the article I was reading, they didn't think it was very, you know, they said it works, but it doesn't get the desired results. But then I started thinking about the parable of the sower. And um, I started thinking about that. And, I, and a lot of times what we think is the, is the sower is Jesus. He's sowing the word. And then we are the soil um, and... Uh, and then, you know, the, the, four, the four soils. But in reality, Christ isn't here sowing seed anymore. You and I are. We are the sower. We are the sower that sows the word. And also, I want to put this into your mind, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He did he didn't come to seek, seek just, I got to say this right. He didn't just come to save those or whom that was lost. He came to seek and save that which was lost, that which would also include souls. But Jesus didn't just lose souls. He lost, he lost cities. He lost Jesus is the Lord of the earth, and it wasn't, he's not just getting, going after souls, he's going after that which was lost. How many of you would think that, um, you know, that Jesus is really concerned about education? I think that he would like to be in charge of education. He will be someday. But he would like for us to take charge of education. He would like to for us. How many of you think Jesus would approve of a lot of the television shows? Movies. Whatever. I think Jesus would like to save that. He would like to save education. He would like to save me. He would like to save that which is lost. And as I was reading through the book of Proverbs, I, I came across this particular scripture, and then I, as, and I kept on reading, and I thought, man, I think I need to talk about this. Because a lot of times we think that, you know, it's just certain people that are having an effect on the earth. It's just certain 
people that are in the forefront. It's certain people that, you know, maybe they've got the media, they've got the camera. Those are not the people that are infecting the earth. It is you and I that are affecting the earth. How many of you like salt on your food? I have to admit it. You know, my blood pressure's fine. Everything's good, but they keep telling me, don't, don't use salt. But I keep seeing that scripture, salt is good. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about cutting back. <laughs> anyway, but you are the salt of the earth. Now, when we look at, when we get a salt shaker, we don't, we're not concentrating on singular grains of salt. We're thinking about the whole thing. So we just take it and sprinkle it on. Some of us lightly, some of us a little more. But you wouldn't want a big clump falling falling on your food. You wouldn't want a big clump. You wouldn't want, you want it spread out. Okay. Well, the, so that tells me that the individual granule is just as important or more important than just the big glob of salt. You are important. God, God is using you to season and to flavor the earth. Not just to season and to flavor it, but to preserve it. Okay, let's get to the, let's get to the, uh, the, the word here. Proverbs 11, 11. For those of you that are into numerology, I can't help you with that. 11, 11. It's not 9, 11, so it's better than that. But he says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. That tells me something that now blessing can be more than just speaking blessing. You can bless a city by, you know, if a city's in debt, you know, you could bless it with, uh, you know, half a, or a quarter of a million or a million dollars or a billion dollars. You could bless it. You could get it out of debt. That would be a blessing to a city. But the Bible says here that, that it is the mouth of the wicked that causes it to be overthrown. So it is the blessing of the righteous that causes the city to prosper. You say, well, you know, I just don't like those people in government. Well, those people in government are controlling your life. They are controlling your life, so you have the power to bless the city so that the city can prosper. If your city is not prospering, you're not prospering as much as you could be. If your city is is a dump, you're living in a dump. If your city is wicked, you're living in a wicked city. If your city is blessed, you're living in a you are blessed. You know, there's some, place, there's some cities that are nice to live in. There's some cities, I'm thinking, why do people live here? You know, I have traveled. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, don't they know that there's land outside of here? I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to get too, specific, too graphic because then you'll know what I'm talking about. 
and I don't want to speak cursing over any city. But I'm, uh, I'm looking in the faces of people, and they look like they're, you know, I see where they get that zombie thing, you know. I've never watched a zombie movie. I'm thinking, why are they talking about zombies all the time? But anyway, I'm looking at these people, and I'm thinking, you know, they don't look like they have any life. They don't look like they have any hope. They, don't they know that there's something better out there? They could move to Kansas City. <laughs> you know, that was my thinking at the time. But uh, there's places you can go that you, you'll be blessed just by living there. I think one of the best places I was blessed was living in Tulsa. I just, at the time, I don't know what it's like now, but at the time, I just felt like, wow, there's just a, the blessing of God is on this city. At least I felt blessed. And every, every, when I drive around, you know, or I drive to ORU, and man, I think, man, this is a beautiful place. You know, and drive around, just see, see, you know, everything looked good, you know. It just felt good. I can't say that was a number of years ago. But there's some places you can go, you can feel blessed, and other places you can go, you can feel like, man, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So I believe that we can change atmospheres a grain at a time. Not just a big glob of salt, but each one of you are a grain of salt that will either preserve and flavor a city or you can bring it down. We're not here to bring it down. We're here to bring it up. And another thought. We are to be people that live from victory. We're not to be people that, live, uh, that are moving towards victory. We're to be people that are living in victory. <clears throat> well, what do I mean by that? Well, if you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, you are in victory, so you live from victory. You know, even the songs we sang this morning, most of them are, you know, I, I wasn't focusing on all of them. But there were just some that were just really stuck out. And these are songs that, are, that we're singing from victory. It's your grace on top of grace. That's not trying to get something to happen. That is, that is I'm so blessed I, because of his grace on top of grace. You say, well, is that Biblical. First chapter of John, he talks about, I can't remember it, but it's in the first chapter of John. <laughs> That's what, no, I can't make any bad confessions. So, <laughs> you know, Jesus, yeah, well, let's just go there. Grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful scripture. I love, you know, I like, I like all the Bible, but there's just some books you like to read. And uh, John's a good book to read, especially for people that need to believe, because that's the whole reason it was written. It was written so it would encourage people to believe. Hallelujah. So anyway, it says in verse 16, it says, and of his fullness, 
we have all received grace for grace. It's your grace on top of grace. Now, in case you don't know what grace is, grace is you get stuff you don't deserve. How many of your kids, how many of your kids got stuff at Christmas they didn't deserve? <laughs> how many of you got stuff for Christmas you didn't deserve? Well, that's what grace is. It's God giving his favor and his blessing and his love when we don't deserve it. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. Somebody, said, somebody stood up in a church board meeting and he started beating his fist and he said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get what I deserve. And an, old, uh, and an old deacon stood up and said, you don't want to get what you deserve. <laughs> you don't want to get what you deserve. You want grace and you want mercy. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, you, as, you and I as believers are going to affect the environment we are living in. We're going to, in fact, affect the environment. So by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. You say, well, that's just for people in power. You are in power. Do not be deceived. You are in power. And it's not just when you pull the lever at vote time or push the button. It is every time you open your mouth over the city, you are either blessing it or cursing it. Hallelujah. He's, so it's obvious that one way to bless our city is to speak blessing over it. it uh, are you saying what you have or having what you say? If I'm saying what I have, I'm just talking about all the problems that are in the city. If I want something to change in the city, I'm going to have what I say, and I'm going to say blessing and favor and prosperity over the city. I'm going to speak righteousness over the city. This is a bad place. to Look, look at all these people that are moving in here. This is a righteous place to live. I remember a while back, the Lord told me to call Elizabethville the city of God. Now, apparently, he knew about this message before I did. <laughs> he knew about it before I did. So he was, he's wanting to establish a place that he could pour out his favor upon. Now, he could, we could say the same thing about Millersburg. We could say the same thing about Halifax, about Lycans. Wherever God positions you, you can bring the favor of the Lord. You can bring the blessing of the Lord on a place and not, and not uh, talk about what, what the city's like, but where do you want it to go? I might as well get to the end of the sermon, but this isn't the end. Because if I don't do it now, I might not get to it. This will apply to your family. This will apply to your place of employment. Wherever you are a leader, everybody in this place is a leader. Because leadership is influence. And every one of you say, I don't have any influence. By you with retracting and not doing anything, your leadership is passive. But you're still a leader. You're still a leader. 
You are you can be a leader by by bringing the influence of God upon a city, upon a upon your job, upon your family, upon your own life. You know, uh, I I still quote the scriptures. The 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 scriptures like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not something I just put on the shelf. I quote scriptures that continually build me up. Why? Because there's an enemy that's trying to put me down. Just because you know something, you know, I have a chainsaw. And I remember driving home one night. I was getting ready to drive into my driveway, and there was two of my... Two of my trees, one was laying like out in the, in the road, and the other one was across my driveway. And the first thing I thought about was my chainsaw. Now, if any of you own a chainsaw, my first, after I thought of the chainsaw, my first prayer was, oh God, I hope it's going to start. Because <laughs> how many of you know if a chainsaw sits around a long time, it doesn't always start? Well, thank God the Lord was with me that night because that chainsaw started and I was able to clear the road and clear my driveway. But you know what? I, when I needed the chainsaw, it was there. You know, I could have forgotten all about it. What am I going to do? I must, I might have to call somebody. Well, thank God. You know, it's all right to call people. But man, if the Lord gives you a way to do it, do it. Anyway, why am I talking about this? Let's get on with it. As your city prospers, you have greater opportunity to prosper yourself. You think you are an island to yourself. You think If you think you're an island to yourself and if you are a hermit and... I'm telling you this, that if your city prospers, you'll prosper. You might, you, you know, you will prosper. You know, prosper isn't always in the bankroll. If you live in a place of peace, that's prosperity. If you live in a place where you don't have to, you know, some people still leave their doors unlocked. I still lock mine. I'm trying to protect people that are trying to come in. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> some of you'll get it later. But, <laughs> but anyway, it's not for my protection. But your city, the, the, the more your city is prosperous, the more you prosper. Jeremiah 29, verse 7, and seek the peace of your city. Now, this is to a group. God had taken them. He, uh, Taken Judah, uh, Israel had already been taken in captivity. Uh, these people are going uh, from Judah. They're going into Babylon. And Jeremiah said, you know, and there was false prophets that telling them, you know, uh, you're not going to be taken into captivity. Or if you do, they're just going to send you right back, you know, because you're just favored. But God, God told Jeremiah, tell those people they're going to be there for 70 years. And he says, well, you know, tell them this. He says, and seek the peace of the city. 
Now, these are people in captivity. These are people that are really into slavery. And God is telling them, even, even though they're in slavery, to seek the peace of the city. He says, where I have caused you to be carried away captive and, and pray to the Lord for it. Pray to the Lord for it, for, uh, for it, it's peace, for in it, it's peace, you will have peace. So if the city has peace, you have peace. If the city prospers, you prosper. If the city, uh, if the, if the city is a place of joy, you'll have joy. Unless you just don't like joy. Now, you don't, you're not forced to have joy. Nobody's going to make you have joy. You know, I've been, you know, I've been uh, anxious and, and worry and, and anxiety, and I've been filled with joy, and being filled with joy is just so much better. Amen. Another way of said, you know, I've been sick and I've been well, and well's better. I've been rich and I've been poor, and rich is better. Now, rich is a relative term. I have never had a, a, a billion dollars. They're never, I might have spent a million, but I don't, <laughs> I never had it. But I, you know, I, going to Haiti, I'm rich. You know. But you know what? You can be rich in your soul, too. You can be rich in your spirit. You can be rich by knowing who you are in Christ. You are not a victim, you are a victor. The early church used to say, Christos Victor, which is Christ the victor. That's why, that's why we need to learn to, to function from a place of victory instead of, of, of trying to obtain victory because Christ has already obtained the victory. There was this one scripture that used to really, uh, really kind of puzzle me. It's in Hebrews. It says, labor to enter into rest. <laughs> okay, God. What am I supposed to do here? Labor to enter into rest. Well, the, the truth is that, that the world, the world, the flesh, and the devil is trying to keep you out of rest, but God's already provided rest for you, so rest in the Lord. Like, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Man, I used to work hard at that. But the reality is, it's not about, being, not about me being strong. It's about me being strong in him. Be strong in the Lord. Labor to enter into rest. Labor to enter into the victory. That doesn't mean you're trying to achieve the victory. The victory is already achieved. You just receive it. I was praying for a lady. We, uh, we were down ministering in Philadelphia on uh, Friday night. And uh, this lady came up for prayer. She could, I, I can't even remember, some kind of birth, birth, some kind of sack on her uh, hip. She could not move her, her leg very far without pain. And so... Um, you know, I was praying for her, and she's getting a little better and a little better. And then, you know, sometimes you forget more than you've learned or whatever. But um, 
I looked at her as I was praying, and she was praying in tongues, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, I remember. She's not supposed to pray. (laughs) I said, stop praying. She said, oh, you know. See, a lot of times we come up for prayer, and we're, we're we're trying to get it. So we get into prayer. We think if we pray in tongues, there's nothing wrong with praying in tongues. Well, nothing wrong with praying. So we try and we squint our face. I found out if people are squinting their face when you're praying for them, they're not at peace. I've seen more people healed getting, getting them in peace first. I just tell people, relax. I, you know, I don't know if this is scriptural or not, but I've told people, don't even try to believe. I'll believe for you. And they just relax. Now, I am believing for them. Once they relax, they get it. They get it. Just relax. This is not a good song, but take it easy. (laughs) Take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. But let me put it this way. Don't let the sound of your own mouth drive you crazy. Now, don't go any more of that song, but... (laughs) Man, I can preach this again sometime. I, I'm only a t- <laughs> Hallelujah. This might even be a full-blown seminar. <laughs> Let's read this again. And seek the peace of the city, for I have caused you, uh, where I've caused you to be carried away captive, for, uh, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. You know, I don't care what political uh, persuasion you're of, you know, and I, I don't want you to acknowledge it or anything right at this p- particular point. But whether you're guy one or not, it's scriptural for you to pray, not kill him, Lord. <laughs> it is scriptural for you to pray for your leaders. Some, somebody was, I better, I'll do it. Somebody uh, did a thing on Facebook and was kind of criticizing that there's a lot of prayer for the, pres- for the president now, and why didn't we pray for the one before? Well, to be honest with you, I, was, I prayed for the one before. Because the Bible told me to pray. Because I also know that the peace of the city is also my responsibility. You know, once the election's over, the job's not done. It's all, yeah. Karen Carpenter used to sing the song. We've only just begun to live. Well, let's sing it this way. We've only just begun to pray. (laughs) We've only, no. No, we pray. We prayed for the last one. We pray for this one. Because God told you so. And God tells us so. So you are an important 
part of seeing the city, the nation, your home, your community, your job. You are, ju- you are important. Jobs, uh, companies have been turned around because Christians have gone into those companies and prayed. You want to read a good book about prayer, uh, read, um, oh, what is that? Uh, That None Should Perish. That None Should Perish by Ed Savoso. He talks about people going into companies and, and just praying. Was, you know, they didn't say, well, let's get together and have a prayer group. No, there was, a, there was one guy that was praying, and God dropped something on this person and told them something about the company. And so he was able to share it, and it saved the company multiple money. And then, uh, you know, how did you know that? How did you know that? Well, you know, I just kind of had a hunch. No, the Lord told me. Yeah, he, he finally came out and said, the Lord told me. And then he talked. So that guy got promoted, and the, I think he even got told to pray for the company. Your company's not lost. If it's lost, then save it. Christ the victor. Christos victor. Christ, the victor, and you are, you are his agent. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Let's give you a couple more scriptures. You're uh, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. It says, there is one that speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Do you think you could promote health in the city? See, a lot of times we just think of that individually. The tongue of the why, and it is individual. But it's also family. It's also your job. It's wherever you are at. It's wherever you have influence. Your tongue will either pierce like a sword or it will bring health. Promote health. Oh, my job. You know, you know, stress causes sickness, don't you? You know that, don't you? Well, what if we prayed for where, you know, our home or what if we prayed for our city? And what if the stress level in the city came down? Don't you think that your your stress level would come down? If your city is at peace, there's a better chance you'll be at peace. Just a thought. In verse 20 of that same chapter, it says, Deceit is in the heart of those who devise wicked, but counselors of peace have joy. Counselor? Well, I'm not a counselor. (laughs) You are a counselor. Because, Because the counselor lives in you. Counselors just speak words that will direct people to a place of healing. To a place of healing. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just uh, digress a little bit. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You say, well, my city isn't, isn't that great. Well, are you having what you say or saying what you have? And I'm, uh, I'm coming from the, from the thought of Romans chapter 4, that he calls those things that be not as though they were, 
So am I continuing to say what is in the city or am I calling out something that I want to happen in the city? Am I speaking the blessing over the city? There's another thought. Um, Thank you, Jesus. As I was thinking of the uh, parable of the sower, you know, he wasn't, he was just scattering the seed everywhere. And the word came to me indiscriminate. There was indiscriminate sowing. He would just, you know, because it went on the sidewalk, it went on the, it went on the stones, it w- went in the thorny places where the weeds are, and then it went into the good. But he wasn't concerned about where the seed so where, where the seed landed. He was just sowing the seed. But I think a lot of times we, as individuals, we kind of judge where we're going to put the soil, uh, the seed. Well, that person wouldn't want to hear it. That person will never get saved. Well, they probably won't if, they, hey, if you hang around them. It's just, what did I say? Did I say that? I must have picked something up over in the spirit over there. I'll see if it's better over here. <laughs> no. no. We don't have the right to choose who gets to hear it. And even your city, you don't have a right to determine whether your city is worthy of your prayers. You are, the scripture says, pray without ceasing. I better get over here. I'll I'll stay here. You know, this is the neutral, this is the demilitarized zone. (laughs) No. But pray without ceasing. What? Do you mean I got to be on my knees all day? No, your life is a prayer. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, and whatever comes out of your mouth is a prayer. You either bless your city or curse your city. And because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, your words carry power. I was reminded of, uh, do you remember when uh, Elijah had said, there will not be rain on the earth until I say so. And then he left. He went into hiding. And it didn't rain for three years. And then eventually God told him, you know, to reveal himself. And then uh, there was an arrangement that was to take, a, uh, take place in an affair up on uh, top of Mount Carmel. And it was supposed to be the prophets of Baal versus the, um, the prophet of God, Elijah. It was Drago versus <laughs> Balboa, the Russian, remember? Okay. I figured he would. Rocky IV. Drago. I mean, he was fit. I mean, he was pumped with steroids. He, had, he was huge. And so anyway, 
here is the single prophet of God and the, and the, uh, the prophets of Baal, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're jumping, they're shouting, they're cutting themselves. And you would think, well, you know, uh, and I just want to say this, they had done that before. They weren't just doing that just to try. They, they did stuff before. Their occult powers could do things. But not today. Why? Because there was a prophet in town. There was a prophet in town, and he said there's a new sheriff in town. And he said this, he says, the God who answers by fire, which they had done before, the God who answers by fire, he's God. And the crowd said, yeah, but I want to see this. You know, what were they doing? They were crying out words, words, words. What were they doing? They were calling demons, demons. They were calling, our words either call demons or angels. Our words call demons or angels, and so they were calling on the demons, but the demons were kind of afraid to show up because God was there. God said, I'm going to show off today. God said, this is the day that the Lord has made, <laughs> and you're going to rejoice and be glad in it because I showed up, and God and the prophet, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because of time, but the prophet, after he had prepared the sacrifice, prepared the altar by dumping water on it a number of times, he prayed a simple prayer, and fire came down from heaven. He didn't have to spend hours. He spent moments. He spent moments. And that fire came down and demonstrated the life and the power of the living God. And I'm telling you here, you are a prophet of God in your city by what you say and what you proclaim over your city. I would suggest that you start say, saying what you want to have instead of what you see. You might even, you could even do it for yourself. Let me just, uh, a thought here. He, uh, Elijah, said a simple prayer. But he had spent hours with God. He spent hours with God. You look at Jesus. Jesus didn't spend hours with people. Now we need to sometimes, but... But Jesus spent hours with God and moments with people. And I wanted to say that because... If you're letting your prayer life slack, you know, I'm not, just be in communion with God. Is God in your car? God can be in your car when you're there. God can be in your garage when you're there. God can be in the backyard when you're there. I'm not just talking about, well, because he's omnipresent. I'm talking about because you're communing with him and he's showing up. 
Now, how many of you got the idea about seeding the city? We want to seed the city because we, we're, we're coming from victory. The victory's already won. Hallelujah. So if the victory's won, I can smile. I had to, uh, you know, my, uh, I had a birthday uh, a couple weeks, whatever it was. And um, the kids brought me over a balloon and so for my birthday. And so this morning I thought, well, you know, I think I better show them that I appreciate this balloon. So I got beside the balloon and took a selfie. I took two selfies. Actually, the one I used wasn't as good as the other one, but yeah, whatever. But I smiled in the picture. Why? Because I wanted, I wanted to influence my grandkids. I wanted to influence. You know, it's not just what I say, but what's in my heart. What's in my heart can affect my face. And so I want to, I want to affect my, my grandchildren. I, I even want to affect people in the community. I want, I, I want to make them feel like they're loved. I want to make them feel like they're valuable. I want to make them feel like, you know, because if I can, if I can get them to feel that way, if they crack the door just a little... We can get them. Get them for Jesus. I don't know about you, but we still need to get people for Jesus. Jesus isn't, gee, you know, I know Jesus is coming back, but he didn't tell us to, uh, to do nothing until he gets here. He says to occupy until I come. It just didn't mean occupy space. That means to that means to to bring to get the spoils of the war he has already won. Hallelujah. Uh, well, thank you, Jesus. I could just preach forever. Like one educator said, though, the mind can only the mind cannot absorb beyond what the seed of learning <laughs> can endure. That means if, if your rear's worn out, you're not going to get any more. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to, uh, hallelujah. We're, 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 and, and I like preaching from victory. Why? Because Jesus has already won. Hey, you know, I'm not oblivious to things that's going on, but we still won the victory. Christ is still one. You know, God's not wondering what he's going to do. He's not, God's not praying, oh God, what am I going to, oh, that's right, I am God. No, he's not, he's not worried about what he's going to do. And so we shouldn't be worried either. We just, we just need to commune so that we can hear what he has to say. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the tongue of the wise promotes health. And I want to decree to you today that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. I want to decree over you today that Jesus has 
has carried your affliction. Not only the affliction of the body, but the affliction of the soul. He's, he's carried uh, the chastisement. This is what I was after. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. That crown of thorns was carried so you wouldn't have to live in anxiety and fear and worry and doubt, but in peace. In peace. Antoinette, I haven't talked to you for a while. God wants you to live in peace in your spirit and in your soul and in your body. It's already won. It's already paid for. It's ours. Our biggest thing is just learning to receive. You don't have to talk God into it. Why? You know, it's, it's kind of crazy to try to talk God into giving you something he's already given. Thank you, Lord. So praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to open it up. Do we have anybody, uh, does anybody have any words of knowledge for healing? Do you have some? Yes, okay. Okay.